Welcome to the Joe Contractor Show, a podcast created by three regular Joes. The Joe Contractor Show is a place where trade professionals, business owners, and homeowners looking for solid advice and amusement can hear stories of great success and great failure in the turbulent and unpredictable world of construction. On the Joe Contractor Show, we dig deep into the realm of remodeling and construction. We chat with construction trade professionals, business owners, and homeowners alike. We support local independent contractors and those who put their trust in the hands of these capable and hardworking business owners and tradespeople. We discuss construction and home maintenance from multiple angles, and we do it with compassion, purpose, and humor. Listen as Lori Merrick and Sam, along with a wide variety of guests, explore topics related to construction, homeownership, small business creation, and more. A quick reminder, don't forget to send your questions to questions at joecontractorshow.com. And after you've done that, please take a moment to hit the like button, subscribe, or talk about us tomorrow morning at the local coffee shop. We appreciate feedback and critique, and it lets us know that you're out there and that you care. All right. Hello, you two. Hey. Hi, Merrick. Sam. Good to see you. Good to see you. Make sure you get right in there. I, Merrick, what's up? I don't know if I can... I can't hear myself. Uh-uh. Well, uh, you're not muted. What are you, number two here? I think you're all right. I, I see you in there, but go ahead. Am I on? Yeah. Okay. Your levels were just a little low. Oh, someone's got their phone right next to something. <laughs> <laughs> Two out of the three of us. Did you hear how quickly it went away to the interference? Should we yeah. start over? I mean, that, that's kind of. Oh, no, I love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Joe Contractor Show. That's uh, 40 seconds of us really working hard to get through the first part of this. We are um, today, we are also live on Facebook which is what's killing us in a certain way because we we're trying to do a live show it will get this down someday and it'll be fun but um we've got we've got more than one thing going on oh and we got the dogs in the background the which dogs. is going to be great they're not too bad it'll be fine but anyway welcome to the joe contractor show this is um supposed to be kind of a mess of a show because these are our live call-in shows we've done a couple of them uh, in the past, we love the question and answer call-in stuff, so yep. we're, we're really trying to get these rolling. They're just going to be sort of a regular segment of ours. Um, our interviews are fun. The informational, the construction quickies are fun. So Super fun. This is just a Super little, informative. Yeah, yeah, just a little different offering. Um, but here we are, and so what's the, what's the point of this? Well, we want you to write in or call in or find us on Facebook. We may even try Twitter someday. They have a Twitter live thing now. We'll see what we do. I'm sure we'll nail that because we're really crush nailing it. this one. Yeah, <laughs> We will totally crush it. Um, we are in the process. We are getting to the point where um, we're ready to go full steam ahead on the uh, app, actually. So we have. Um, we will be hosting an event soon. Yep. We are actively seeking... Um, kind of precede friends and family type uh, round of investment to kick things off. We've already put quite a bit of money into it ourselves and time and effort, uh, but we're looking for a few partners. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, 
we're open to it. You can you can talk to us. I hope I don't get myself in trouble with the old world for even mentioning it. I don't I, think. I mean, I, I could really use it. I mean, I'm I'm kind oh, of yeah. get, trying to get my handyman <laughs> company off the ground here, like this little. I, I thought and, you meant you could use the money. No, no. <laughs> well, yeah. No, no but the, the money um, isn't for us. The money is for development. The app, development. I mean, would just be like I don't even want to start until I have. We a way all to keep saying that. Every oh my day gosh. I can use it. Jeez. We were, we were. I mean, you were sharing job information with me the other day, and I'm like, man, would it be nice oh, if this God. was all just in Joe Contractor? We yep. do have. Um, you know, if you're ever interested in seeing it, we do have the uh, clickable prototype and everything looks great. A lot of the design work is done. We've put a lot of effort to, into it already. So anyway, Joe Contractor, this is the Joe Contractor show. This is our live question and answer. But, you know, this is all in support of our app that we are putting out eventually that will be uh, wonderful for you small business owners. So so there we go. And homeowners alike. It's going to be good for everybody. So we've got some questions. Yeah, I got one. I got one right here. From uh, Allison out in Massachusetts. Okay. And uh, she said she loves the show. Who doesn't? And uh, (laughs) (laughs) the question is, we we recently renovated the kitchen in our 1930s Cape Bungalow. Okay. And we made our kitchen much more open, but now the acoustics aren't great, Mm. especially Mm. when the kids are joyfully running around it. Mm. Any tips? Put some walls back up. <laughs> mm. Mm. This is a, this is common. Everybody, most people that we open up the kitchen, um, that happens. You, you can't have everything, basically. That's funny. I've, you could put some rugs and, you know, hangings on the walls and ceilings, sure. you know, for acoustic stuff, just like you would a sound or music room. But but this is common, especially when people have now pulled their carpet. Nobody uses carpet anymore. Yeah. You know, there's certain things that you can do is have some more fabrics and rugs maybe or sound deadening yeah. things that's funny i've not heard this one uh, like huh. I, we opened up a lot of spaces and i never i never had anyone complain about it i will say that i mean i think every time we opened up a space yeah it, it did dramatically change the acoustics mm-hmm. of the house i have heard it a lot yeah i haven't heard of it as a complaint i'll say that no i think most people are still happy they did it yeah but but they have said it's changed the sound in the in the in the whole area. Yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, sure it does. Sam, maybe they're just not saying anything because it's too late. I, the wall's gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is sort of this, you can't, <laughs> you can't fix what we all broke here, can you? Yeah. Kind of no, thing. yeah. Really. Sorry, Allison, we don't have better news for you. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I'll tell you, <laughs> this is not great advice, but like, you know, the the gleeful, joyful utterances of children are to be loved and enjoyed so maybe you and just barking dogs and barking dogs <laughs> and all of it i mean they're these are just important things that happen in life so i mean i think if you if you received a ton of benefit maybe in the layout and how it functions but it changed the acoustics maybe that's just something that you kind of have to wrap your head around and live with mm-hmm. i would say right? pretty much yeah all right. And she had one other question on here too. I like that. Yeah, yeah. let's let's do it because I feel like so, I, I I mean that wasn't a very satisfactory. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> so here maybe we'll see how it goes on this one. Um, we hope to add some space to our home in the coming years. How would you decide between going up a level or adding off the side? 
Mm-hmm. What would you look for in a contractor to hire for these proje- for those projects? Those uh, are good questions. Yeah, good questions. Since we do this every day, mm-hmm. people are say, do you, you know, do I go up? Do I finish a basement or do I go out? And so, I got an easy answer on that one. Like for sure, for sure. Oh, I like that. Okay. If, if you have space, you go out because dealing with old existing structures is really hard for framing and and trying to get everything level and plumb again if we're starting off the side of a house so if you've got the space go out i think i mean that that jives with what i would say too yeah but but you know like south minneapolis no space to go out ever almost no you know so you have to go up yeah so um i love doing i've done Three or four um, decaps, we call them, where you cut the top of the roof off and you mm-hmm. build another story on top of it. And you know, one of the big deciding factors for me is the condition of the roof. Are you going to need to put a new roof on the house? Is there issues with the rafter system or insulation and nice dams? Insulation. Yep. I mean, you can add, that bill can actually go up pretty quick. And if you're already going to need to put thirty thousand dollars into the upper part of your house then maybe it yeah makes sense just to yep, cut it absolutely. off and start over well i think those are those are both really good points so so yes uh, if you have a lot that allows for it build out you know i if if you don't and you have to go up there's a lot to consider can your foundation your existing foundation mm-hmm. support it are you going to need to redo the bulk of your mechanicals because your existing mechanical systems can't support it? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think as much as I don't like seeing so much go into landfills and, and homes being redone, sometimes when I look at what people are doing, I think, you know, you, you really shouldn't have done any of this. It was time to give up on this one. It was time to There's let this that. one go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like some sometimes it's really not the more efficient thing to do to save the old structure if it's just completely not worth saving. So uh, another another thing to consider when, you know, with going with going up is that it's going to be very invasive. Like you're not going to be able to live there with a full decap. Right. Maybe with a a dormer or something like that, that might be able to be done while you're still living in the home. But if you're really going up an entire story, you'll live in hell. Yeah, you can't live there. <laughs> you're pretty much touching the whole main floor yeah. too. And somewhere right. we did have another. clients, uh, set up in their basement, but we're in their basement too. And it, you know, it wasn't fun for anybody, but they did set up in a small space with their two little girls and, Made That's a little microwave, and and it wasn't fun. For, <laughs> it wasn't fun for them, but you know. That's. I mean, yeah. But, no, people you don't have to be make there. those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Um. Why don't we ever talk about like, um, like nineteen fifties bomb shelter style basements? <laughs> you know, like instead of going up or down, why don't you build like a two story underground bunker? Shh. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we don't talk about those. Okay. <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> Merrick's got one. Uh, hey. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, I think, uh, no, I, I think those are kind of your two options out. You can, you can redo basements and get more space, but 
um, that's not really much of a reno, really, or like an addition kind of thing. It's just, and you're underground for most of them, and a lot of people don't like living underground. It's not great. No. You know, you got radon issues and they other also, things you got to worry about. Yeah, and, and they don't get warm, you know. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. Those tube lights are the way to go, though. So you can run those fiber optic yeah. tubes up to yeah. your... You like those? Well, if you were... To build oh, down. If, if you had a bunker. Yeah. <laughs> if one were to have that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. She well, those another, are good questions. There's another piece on to that. What was that? And something about a contractor. She had another question on Oh, her. how would you select a contractor? Oh, how would you and I would say, you know, somebody that's done it before. Yeah. You know, make sure that they've actually cut the roof off the house or put in a dormer or... Most contractors, a skilled general contractor is going to be able to go out, but I would say to go up, you're going to want to make sure. It's a remodeling contractor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a very hyper local too. You're just going to have to find the people local to you that do that kind of work. And are, yep. I'd say reach out to your social networks generally rather than like Google or Angie's List or Home Advisor, which I don't, you know, th- those things are going to get you pretty biased responses um whereas if you go to your you know local communities uh maybe talk to the the um lumber yards in your area the um anywhere where where people work with those trades professionals but have don't you know aren't biased toward one or the other for making money off of them or something they're not trying to sell you something they just give honest local recommendations i think that'd be a good place to start mm-hmm. so. um, yeah i've got a question here that it's kind of related to okay. uh, that last one we were just chatting about uh from kelly c out in maple grove it's a multi-question i'm going to read it all through because it ties all together what should people pay attention to when they're comparing different construction companies for their project there's one what matters most and how can we get that information especially when they are new to the area and don't know how many people to ask Mm. or don't know many people to ask and who the reputable contractors are. We're thinking about our new cabin build up north. Oh, wow. That took a a little twist at the end, though, didn't it? Yeah, Yeah, that that very little bit at the end is is really different, actually. That changes it. Yeah, so, so let's talk about the... Let's talk about the, like, not up north. So if you're a listener and you're not from Minnesota, up north just means rural Minnesota with (laughs) lakes and whatnot. Lots of lakes. Yep. Generally a few hours from any larger urban, you know, kind of city. And we don't have that many large cities in Minnesota. So, you know, Duluth, St. Cloud, Minneapolis. uh, St. Paul. St. Paul, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that one. (laughs) The Twin Cities. I mean... So up north just refers to kind of, I, I think you could equate that to sort of any rural area in, in any state that isn't really close-ish to a city. So you're Right. So you don't, you're not, you're, you don't know who's who yet or who to hire and where to start and who to trust, right? So yep. I guess that would be a big thing. Like, yeah. So if, if you were closer into places that you, where there's a lot of choice, that's kind of a different mm-hmm. ball game, right? Right. Yeah, and and what would you say, Merrick? Well, I would say that finding somebody local to the build site, you're gonna, it's gonna be a lot less expensive than hiring somebody in the city. True, very. But, um, but then also, availability is gonna be 
might not be they might not be as available that's kind of what we found it's really hard to find people to work on the cabin which is three and a half hours north and we can find it's interesting because if you can find somebody to work on it they're pretty cheap but everybody's in really high demand yep um and you know the other thing is that you know permitting isn't as strict outside of the city so and, and the further you get, the handier the average Joe is. So I would there's say, quite a few factors going I on. I would say that's true, too. Yeah, I mean, my experience, we have land up north. Um, my experience is that the, uh, like, like the resort areas, the, the very expensive lake frontage places like Brainerd or whatever, those places do have skilled you know, high quality contractors who can do work, but they are expensive. Yeah. And then if you're out a little further, good luck. Like it is really tough to find people to do work. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's, that is really hard because like you said, Merrick, you know, sure. You, if you are from the city's area, they could ask somebody down here, would they work up North for at their, you know, build them a house, but it is going to be more expensive but who do you, you know, how do you find somebody up north? I mean, I guess you would just go to the local hardware store maybe and start asking. Mm-hmm. And then interview them and see if, you know, the, I always come back, I think we all come back to this, is did you like them? Did it feel good? Because a lot of those guys up there aren't going to have a website. No. And they're not going to have, you know, it's just going to be all word of mouth. So you got to find, I guess you just got to go hang out at the bar a lot. <laughs> I, I, think it, I think it depends on what yeah. you're your own experience level is doing construction projects because if you've got a fair amount you've been through a few remodels you can kind of on some level level general contract your own project you're gonna have a lot better luck pulling it off up north and i would say that you know i would guess that generally few of the people who are listening to our show have that much experience in this themselves so if they're asking i mean I do know personally of people having sort of nightmarish experiences with giving people money and, and people not showing up with, um, you know, being, putting something down and being on a waiting list for two or three years for a a person who's got a good reputation. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think I personally, I had a lot of clients from the cities ask me to do work on their vacation homes. Uh, not not just in Minnesota, but even outside of Minnesota. And I did it. It's because I am who I am. Like, I like the adventure of doing it. But um, for them, it was always uh, a lack of ability to find anyone else to do it that they could trust. So I didn't. I never minded doing it. So it depends on the project, I guess. But yep. interesting question. Yeah. Yep. I guess the one what matters most and how can we get that information? I think we had probably touched on that enough that, you yeah. know, that just uh, finding yep. a reputable person that you get along with. Yeah, it always comes down to personality. Make sure that you're working with, with people that like you and you like them and, and you trust them and things will go better mm-hmm. that way. They're still going to run into trouble. Mm-hmm. Even the best clients <laughs> have been frustrated with yep. us at times, you know, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. so. And vice versa. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all on so us. So true, right. yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. 
It's a good one. Did you, did you have, say you have another one? I Lori? do. I got one here. It oh. is. Uh, Look at that Facebook Live feed. Just yeah. go crazy. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> when, when buying wind, this is Sophie from Minneapolis. Um, when buying windows, how do you take measurements? One question. Mm. How do you go about buying measuring and measuring to install a glass block window for a basement? And what should you do if there are gaps between the foundation and siding of your home? Maybe the concrete is broken up a bit, it seems. Well, I got the first one. Yeah. Okay. Is have your window distributor come out and take the measurements. Don't try to do it yourself. Spot on. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Guess whose responsibility it is that these windows are the wrong size now that you measured them and you sent them over. Yep. Now they've got to fix that mistake. Yep. Plus, those uh, those folks generally have a lot better understanding of the of the building structure itself. Like, is this four and nine sixteenths? Is this six and you know seven thirty seconds? Like, how they know these things, I don't know exactly. Except they can look at it and say, "Well, here's this was built with this type of lumber at in during this era." Because is it old nominal dimensions or is it you know rough lumber? I what are the all of it and what's the what's the cladding is that shiplap is that chipboard is that like they know these things and then they generally if they're good at it they get you the right size window so yeah i think that's good you know uh, a lot of times clients will say well i'm going to order the windows but can you measure them for me and i'm like no i can't (laughs) i'm not taking any responsibility if you're ordering them yourself if you want me to order them i'll take that responsibility right i don't know about you guys but Every now and then we have, a, like, every year, there's always a couple windows in the back. <laughs> that oh, are, we order. Always. They're wrong. For whatever reason, I'm like, I know, like, how can I mess this up? And it's yep. usually me. Because yeah. I do our most of any door and window measurements. But, you know, it just sucks, man, <laughs> when you mess it up. Can, can I look through your pile of windows <laughs> after this? Because uh... We've given them away for people to use as, chi- you know, like, nice windows for their chicken house. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, when you well, can frame your own opening, then... Then got, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. right. Yes. Right. I mean, a, a good window wrongly sized for a house looks like something you'd love until you try and find a spot for it to fit. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> then it yep. just sits around forever. And then the same thing for how do you go about buying measuring to install glass block windows for a basement? I've got a little experience with glass block. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I would say, first of all, you don't. You go to the glass block place and you tell them, come over and measure this and get me a glass block that yep. fits in here. That's one good way. It to is do a good it. way. They all do. Most of them do it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like a really um, common service that the yep. glass block joints offer. And it, it takes all the trouble out of it. But I have built my own a few times um, using concrete, too. So, like, they'll silicone them together usually if you're buying them in a block. Um, mm-hmm. But glass block comes in very specific sizes. Increments, yep. Yep. It's like you got your four inch block, your yep. six inch block. I think it's your every two, inch two block. inches, right. isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the vents. So so if you like if you want to tackle that yourself, if you take out the existing window and you prep the sides up well and and you have any experience with that type of stuff, you can actually make a really nice looking mm-hmm. glass block window. Yeah. I've personally done it with no experience prior to that but yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, that's something. It's more inexpensive than ordering a window. <laughs> yeah. If you make a mistake. Yeah. 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 But you really don't save any money piecing together your own glass block. You're better off Uh getting, you know, for, you're going to spend a couple hundred dollars in materials and spend two days of your life or you can go spend a couple hundred dollars and have a professional build it for you. I mean, putting it in, you know, it's pretty doable. Yeah. Yeah. You you just got to have it made the right size. No, that's Um, fair. I would say only take that on if, if it's something you like, if you enjoy that kind of stuff, but you're right, it's not cheaper. No, we no. The, a couple of times we've done it is when it's like a curved window or something where on an interior wall to allow light to go through. Yeah. And how do you, the glass block installers or build that build them and install them are like, no, we're, no, we're <laughs> not, not touching, touching this one. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on that, on that the, the last question then is, what should you do if there are gaps between foundation and siding of your home? Maybe the concrete is broken up or something over the years? Yeah, I mean, you do see that. So I wonder if this is sort of like, um, you know, where the, where the sidewalk comes to the house or where there's stucco or where there's siding, like these places. If, if you start to see that, you need to get that stuff filled and fixed. I, I would say. Yeah, definitely. It's on the exterior of your house. And you can you have cement patch it. Yeah. Uh, there's cement caulk. It depends on how big, you know, the crack is. But uh, you don't want to leave it for the critters and the rodents and spiders and water and <laughs> water. everything else to get right. in there. Yeah. I mean, and they do make, I mean, they make some stuff that'll span some pretty big gaps and hold for quite some time. Yeah, it's a definitely a high priority thing to do. I before you even, you know, get to that sexy kitchen. Oh, make but sure. the kitchen's so fun. <laughs> I know. Um, I don't know. I'm putting off my kitchen. I got a lot of not fun things I got to do first. I think I think my wife would like it if I converted the whole first floor into a kitchen. Mm. She's really tired of our small 1950s house kitchen. My kitchen is still on my list. Is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I redid mine years ago. It's, it's really nice, but it's it's pretty small. Yeah, I did have another one come in. Just come in. Okay. Can right. I can I keep going? Or you you got one, Merrick? Uh, nope. Go ahead. Okay. Um, a, this is from Trish. A lake home we are from Minnesota. A lake home we are considering on a northern Minnesota lake has an ideal lot but we understand that it has a wood foundation. What are the risks associated with wood foundation and what can we do about it? Oh, I love this, this question. This is a good one. Yeah, yeah, I like this one. How do you guys feel about wood foundations? Merrick, you got any thoughts on wood foundations? I know. It sounds bad. <laughs> That's a good thought. <laughs> That's a great answer, yeah. Um, uh, Lori, what do you think? I'm okay, here's uh, here's what I'd 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 be scared to death. I know uh, that foundation, really? yeah, I've seen them, and I know that they might work. But now that I've really? been in Venice, however, th- that whole thing was built with alder. Yeah, and the, and it's in the ocean, They're and it fine. got harder. So now I've really thought twice about that, and I'm like, you know, I, and then the ones I've seen haven't been a lot. We did some work on one. And it seemed fine and, and seemed like it was holding up. But I, it just makes me nervous. I think that people don't give them enough uh, huh. credit, honestly. The a wood foundation. So the one house that I've built, um, that was uh, SIPs. That was structural in, uh, insulated panels. Mm-hmm. And, and that thing was bulletproof. But that was a wood foundation. 
but it's uh the thing that you have to do if you if you've got a wood foundation like so obviously don't put popple underground or something like that but if you've got a treated wood foundation and and generally speaking wood foundations should be treated right but they're on footings and you want them like if you're going to use a wood foundation it just has to be done right like you have to make sure that it's waterproofed well a drain tile around it is great but once you bury that wood in a stable way it's not going anywhere for so, a but, you very know, long time wouldn't it matter then when they built it if did they really put drain tile and how do you, you know what i mean like that's what, like this is a specific instance okay right the cab yes up north, this is right? and i'm guessing you know i just sent a note and wondering what year it was built but i'm guessing if i had to guess they were doing it more in the 80s i think for a little bit yeah i mean i think so there've been a subset of people who always uh, there've been a subset who've done wood foundations yeah. over the years um, and that's a sandy and most of it's sand up there so it's probably good drainage right and if it's 80s i mean you might look at that thing and say this thing is in beautiful shape don't worry about it like, and you should be able to tell if you go down to the basement yeah. there'd be a smell yeah yeah Yep. Yeah, I, I would we're, say... We're working through this. <laughs> I, I would say um, a, a, a well-done wood basement will stand up to any other, you know, foundation or wood basement or, you know, basement. Concrete. And, and a poorly done concrete or black one is not Just any better bad. than, yeah. you know, right? Good points. Yep. yep, very good points. So it's situationally dependent. It depends on the exact, you know features of your house what year it was built whether they did drain tile whether they waterproofed it all the th other things was it built on clay or sand clay or sand yep, yep. yeah because sand drains well right. um, lots of different factors but no i would not say that a wood foundation should be something that you should be afraid of just a poorly done wood foundation that's what i would say perfect all right boy i love these I love the question. Another one was... just came in. <laughs> all right, <laughs> they're, good. They're yes. all coming in right now. This is great. Good. Uh, can you share some tips on things? Uh, this is from uh, Chris in Badness uh, Heights, Minnesota. Can you share some tips on things you can be that can be done now to avoid ice dams during the winter? That's a broad question. Mm. Um, we have touched on ice dam. This was another big ice dam year, so I bet that's on yeah. a lot of people's minds. Yep. This is a broad question, but um, what would I? What would you do right now to avoid something in the winter? Mm. I mean, when it comes to ice dams, I have complicated thoughts on ice dams. I really do because because historically, so many of the homes that we're still living in have had ice dams throughout the years, like. The ice damming itself is, it's a persistent issue and it doesn't, it's not like all the houses fell down. So I'm not sure that it always needs to be addressed the way people, like if your roof's holding up and things are in good shape, then you just have some ice dams. That's just what happens. But what about, um, I mean, a metal roof helps. Yeah, sure. There's if a you, good one. If you want to replace it and yeah. put a nice metal roof on there's there. nothing there's no cheap answer. That's the problem. What is it what would the What about the what about the heat strips? You know I the, hate them. Well, I then, think so too. Yeah, those you know, you can do that. I called it a band aid. 
You, yeah. It's gonna if you have shingled roof, it'll dry them out because most people re- forget to turn them off and on. They put them on a switch or <laughs> right. plug them in, I should say. Right. And so, yeah, it, it, it's a band aid and it, it'll work, but then, it but it doesn't work real well, and uh, you're just taking the warranty off of your shingles. Right. And uh, I a, a roof rake. <laughs> There's your cheapest answer. You know, actually. You're right. I mean, get one of those long-handled roof rakes and get, and get out there and shovel that first bottom few feet off there. Now, I guess when people look at that, are are they supposed to go higher than that or or not? For for the to roof? to a lim- yeah. If you're gonna sh- if you're gonna shovel off your roof from the ground, how high should you go up? You should be at least three feet into your house, is what I say. Oh, past the wall. Yeah, past the wall. So the, so the soffit depth plus an additional three yeah. feet. Yeah. Right. Because um, it's your top plate that's losing the heat from your, at the rafter where it sits on the wall. So you, and it's, you want to get up a ways into the attic space. And that's, that's three feet in. So on a, on a 45 degree, on a 612 <laughs> pitch or something, right? Or is mm-hmm. that 1212? That's 1212. Then go four feet. Just. Then, yeah. Then you need to go up a little <laughs> yeah. but But it's funny because I, I have watched some of my neighbors rake their entire roof. And I think, I don't know. I'm not no. sure you need to you do that. Need to do that. You know, but if it's summer, what else would you do? Maybe, you know, this is where you do call the insulators because nobody really thinks about it until, you know, get a, have a blower door test done. Yeah. Infrared cameras. And uh, and that's pretty cheap. And and then you can have a, a, a list of, of items maybe that you can help. But doing it in the summer would be a good plan because everybody thinks about it in the winter. Um, Lori, can people, uh, can you do rigid foam insulation over top of a, a roof yeah. at, like you do on the walls, like you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, super insulated roof system. Yep. Yep. It's a great way to do it, and it works. It's just expensive. Yeah. But that doesn't involve, uh, like, eliminating your existing rafters or anything right. like that. Nope, so if you've got an existing structure and you just want to add, like, let's say you've been dealing with uh, ice dam issues that are bad for years and you just want a permanent solution, a super insulated roof would be a, a thing to look at. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and, and which includes doing a, a approximately four inches of rigid foam on top of your roof after you take the shingles off. Yep. Like on top of the, on top of deck. the deck. Yep. yep. And then making an air gap, a little air gap, but with some, we call it strapping one by fours on top of that insulation, which helps hold it down. I don't know why, but this is kind of like the sexy part of construction it for is. me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh. Like, uh, there's something about this. I like, know. oh my god, I can just see that four inches of <laughs> insulation sitting on top of that old roof, and the house is like, yeah, I just got an upgrade, a big upgrade. upgrade. Yeah, that's yep. real nice. And then add some plywood and roofing, and there you go. Yeah. That sounds like the way to go for me. Which we, yeah, there's there's not very many roofers that do it, but we did meet that one woman. We'll ha- we, we should get her on the show at some point. We have to, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what was that, True North? True North. Yeah, True North yeah. Roofing. Yep. Merrick, you got anything? Yeah, I got one. I got um, Nick out in Colorado. Oh, um, man. He is asking the best ways to keep a crawl space dry. Hmm. Oh, I, I got some ideas. 
That's um, crawl spaces are just nasty. Yeah, they are. No, that's in our mind. That's where my mind went. They're, they're, they're like, just Ew. like, ugh. Yeah, just avoid the crawl space Ew. at all costs. I suppose. Seal it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah see, the t- Don't do that. <laughs> the tighter you seal it. Oh god. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, I mean, until the mold it, gets through, isn't ventilation like? Isn't this what we're all thinking? Is ventilation yep. is like the key? It I mean, is. I think I think having a exterior drain tile or interior drain tile, sure, if possible, yep. Or but but also you know ventilation for sure because that sealed up that moisture coming from the ground. Even if you do have plastic down, it seems to come through. You still want some ventilation in there. They they just get clammy. Yeah. No matter what, like no matter, you know how like a sealed space like that, it, it, with the temperature changes mm-hmm. outside and inside, you can't keep that moisture from not condensing in there unless you ventilate it. I ventilate. You know, the the other thing I'm, well, um, I should learn more about this, but there, um, I am learning more about it, I should say, but I haven't <laughs> done it yet for anybody, but you're, they're putting rigid foam outside three to four feet from away from the foundation, just setting it on, and then putting uh, dirt on top of that so that it's insulating really? the ground around the foundation farther out so that the frost doesn't free, come uh, move on, move into the basin instantly. No kidding. Yeah. And, and that works? I talk to, we should get Jimmy in here. That's who we should get. He just did. He just built a house in Wisconsin, um, and he did that. And really? I'm like, Jimmy, what did you do? I don't know if he did four inches of foam, or and I think it was maybe it was four feet out because it's a that's one piece of foam. Sure, four feet wide around yeah. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be an interesting sh- way to solve that. I mean, I, you know, foam's probably not great for the world or anything, but I think it's fairly inert when it's in places. Right. right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, covering Mother Earth isn't always the best, but you know. But I, I sure do like, like, I like spray foam, too. And, yeah, you know, I like, too. I would foam the heck out of a, a crawl space if I could. So to like, keep water away, you know, because it's going to wick water at the same time if you put a little angle on it. Yeah. And keep some moisture away from the foundation. I Like, again, I'm just learning more about this one. So I mean, it's not a big thing here in Minnesota. What's I mean, that? At least crawl in the spaces? cities, yeah. It's no, really... we have a lot more basements than we do crawl spaces, but there are a lot of crawl spaces too. And they're always gross kind of. Um, I, I think in this day and age, and I don't know anything about where the tech is at with this or whatever, but I would say that you may even be able to find like a motion or not a motion, a, a moisture sensing device that controls a fan for your crawl space you know oh that's a you know i've been doing this too long i forget all we've done uh, we've put bath fans you yeah, know more or like less a bath panasonic fan. makes them yeah. with and now we've just met with a well, brone might want to advertise on here at some point because i met with a brone rep this week yeah and they have all these smart features now and it's all about in, your indoor air quality and it measures it and you can look at your phone and see what which what problem you're having and it'll automatically turn your fan on i think that would be like from an energy saving yeah. standpoint because you can also put in i would say you could put in one of those um like the radon fans that are sure super low energy kind of and yep. run all the time, time right. just to keep a, a you yeah. know yep. constant airflow through yeah. there yeah yep. but a bath fan i mean those i know Brown probably makes them too, but I know the Panasonics. The Panasonics, they ha- yeah. They have that really nice moisture. 
detection stuff. Right. And, yeah. and uh, but but uh, it was interesting because the Brone was probably the first on the market. So that you know now they're really shitty. They so you think about them whenever you think about a Brone fan. I don't know about you guys. I'm like ah, shitty fans, right? I, they do make nice but ones. They do now. They're, yeah. Come on, they put a lot of technology in now, and I'm really impressed. I think I, well, and I think what Brone did. Brone, like, they had, you could buy a good Brone fan even 10, 15, 20 years ago. But the ones that you found at Home Depot, those were always the cheapest <laughs> ones on the shelf. Yep. And they were like 15 bucks. Yep. And they were shit. Yep. You know, but the, yeah, I mean, they, uh, whatever. That I, They do make some good quality stuff. So, yeah, go ahead. Reach so out, Brone. a few Brown. options there. <laughs> there's, a, there's a device called an air exchanger. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And air exchanger is more for the whole house. I don't. It's, it's it's expensive, so I don't know that I would do it just for a crawl space. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a bigger be a unit, right? It's kind of the same concept, yeah, though, right? Just it a is. bigger Moving version. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I like that one though. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, we got any more questions? We got a we got a very anxious puppy waiting to get in. <laughs> Um, Merrick, you got any more? I'm fishing for questions right now. Let's That's see all right. We, let's see if we've got any yet. Oh, let's see here. Looks like we, we can. Have one. Uh, I get the little like bubble with the dots. Bubble dots. Someone's trying. Someone's okay, I've got one. Okay. Uh, so if you were putting in a fan, a stove vent in Minneapolis, mm. and it says that you can only do 300 CFMs. Yep. But you don't like any of those, and you want to do a bigger one. <laughs> Twelve hundred, baby. <laughs> Blast it out of there. What, what 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 would you do? Ignore the code. Put uh, it in, or is it dangerous? Oh well, I'm not I'm not a general contractor anymore, so I, I would ignore the code. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, three hundred cfm is so cubic feet per minute of air volume being pushed that's what cfm is and it's just not a lot like you know it's just not and a lot of these new ranges like they they are advertised with and call for these big giant hoods above them but code disallows you from doing that unless you also add to the house a makeup air unit which is like a secondary furnace that heats (laughs) as much air coming in as you've got going out with the fan. But all of that seems ridiculous to me. It it seems like a total waste because the fact of the matter is I'm only turning that fan on and I'm only turning it on high occasionally. Like I'm not burning stuff on my stove all the time. (laughs) Or are you? (laughs) No, no. No, I mean, and, and, you know, so I can crack a window in the kitchen at the same time, have cold air come in for a few minutes turn the fan off when i'm done that's my take on it i think we've gone a little crazy with the you know and my my take on that is that uh for new housing that's real tight you know i get that you add it add the you know air you create negative pressure in make there. up air there right but on the on our houses here in the you know that are existing and we're working on them there's enough air leakage in them. You can't really tighten, over tighten up the, the houses, even even if you wanted to, right? Right, right. So, um, so anyway, so I think that rule and uh, is kind of a shitty rule. Oh, it's, <laughs> and you can't find a 300 cfm hood. Not they're a either good one. They're more. They're higher cfm, and really, you know, it's just annoying. Like it it, that's not gonna like. 
it's not gonna like put the f like it's not gonna like take the flame on your water heater and make it go out so that your house fills up with gas and explodes. Yeah, like, that's just not gonna a happen. New house, right? I mean, even, even on a, even on a new house, I mean, I I get it because we built a very tight house, but there's the code. Like, I think this is where you just adopt international code, and this is kind of a commercial space thing more than it is. I, I think it's just not fully common sense. Like No, I had a common sense, and that's the hard part, I think, with when you're getting permits or dealing with, they do generals, so everything is, they don't see any individual circumstances, right? Right. So then, um, and then the 300 CFM fans are all the same. They look the same. They're ugly. So you're like, really? This is what my I mean, option is? No client wants them. No. I think like Ventahood and stuff, I think some of the manufacturers are, I'm going to use, I'm going to use the word circumventing. <laughs> oh, dad jokes. Uh, I think some of the manufacturers are circumventing this, this issue by having a selection where you can, um, you've got a motor and there'll be a little knob on it that says 300, 600, 1200 or mm. whatever, right? And and you're supposed to say, nope, we've set it at 300. That's a 300 CFM fan. Everybody knows the minute the inspector leaves, they're pumping yeah. that thing up to 1200. Right. Which I think that's... It, it, my my take on it would be that it's a tiny bit of overreach to on the on the part of the building code and the inspection like i understand the safety we don't have um we don't have furnaces or water heaters that that run off of a pilot anymore so that that old argument very very infrequently in any house that probably does has is leaking so much air doesn't matter <laughs> right, right? Yeah, so uh, that one uh, like i kind of look at it like meh and then you know air is air like it's hard to create actual negative pressure in your house and in these it, old it, houses for sure yeah the newer ones i mean you have to be pretty darn tight yeah and I, I think that the, and you can test. You know, there, that's the thing that I would say. Then, then just hire somebody to test to make sure. Turn all your fans on. Worst case, we I used to do worst case scenario testing where we would every fan turn is on, on every fan, the dryer, anything that's going to throw air out, and then and go check your furnace and and check your water heater and see and if test it negative. and see if there's carbon monoxide coming out. Yeah, yeah. So that's the I guess that would be the safe bet instead of us saying yeah, go do it. No, you're right. This is probably bad advice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. It, but I, I do think it, you know some of it comes down to common sense and personal choice, and, and a lot of people like just are not satisfied with the 300 CFM fans and yeah. the looks of them. And yeah, but but Tess, we don't want to be the ones responsible for <laughs> right. killing the do the what the code dog. says. Yeah. <laughs> do what do what code says. Also, You're right. Don't remove your air gap from your dishwasher and put a soap thing in there. Like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. There's another one. <laughs> oh, man. No, there's a lot of things. They yeah, just took that one out. Renters, I think they just everyone... removed it, though. That, that one they backed away from again. Oh, the air yeah. gap? Mm-hmm. The air gap. Yeah, everyone's got to have backflow preventers all the time these days, which is fine. It's code. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. I got one under my stairs I'm okay. not too happy about. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, because it's like, I you, know, you got to get in there. I know. Uh, I saw that. Hopefully my inspector's not listening right now. <laughs> I doubt it. 
I got a, I got a question from uh, Victor in South Minneapolis. He said, um, "What is an example of a DIY project gone gone wrong, and how much did the project initially save the person, and what did it ultimately cost them?" Oh, oh God, I wish I could remember specifics. I mean, I mean but I'm sure I've done this personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have seen some pretty, pretty funky stuff. I'll say I can't. I can't I think, think a of common me. one. I'm not gonna. I think I'm not thinking of an exact example other than when I go into houses and I see, and they're like, yeah, you know, I had some water damage, and uh, so I just they they mitigated it and took two feet of sheetrock off all the way around, and then I look at it and I'm like. Do you see the mold from your on the studs from your because it's right up against the wall? We don't build like this anymore. And then they and you know there's, and there's fiberglass in the wall too oh. with a moisture barrier. And you're like, how do I even start? I don't. You, basically, you got to gut the whole basement. We got to yeah. start over. So there's a really expensive one. However, it it's not really gone wrong because it was code at one point. Which unfortunately yeah, it was. And that's the thing with code, right? Sometimes. Against common sense, they tell us we have to do certain things. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've seen, I guess over the years, I, I would say the, the thing that I've seen that DIYers do that kind of costs them more money in the end, maybe, is perpetually kicking the can down the road um, by doing little bits and pieces of things here when, like, maybe you just should have bit the bullet and replaced that bathroom. Like, like leaving, you know, people who's like redid their redid, and I'm doing air quotes as I say this, like remodeled their bathroom, but left in the 1950s plumbing or something, you know, some part of it that, mm -hmm. that like, well, I know that was good and I know it looks good and everything, but the lifespan of it is over. Like it's done. And I, I just, sometimes you see stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I guess the, it, another DIY horrible thing to do is uh, when you run into the plumbing and electrical and they've redone it themselves at one oh. point and the wires are too short you can't do anything you, or the plumbing is all there's no venting yes you know so so the, those are the things that really there's quite often I, I my uh when i walk in and i'm like oh man doing nothing is way better than doing something like this i had a client I had a client who had a house that was built in, you know, probably 1916 or something like that. It was a, a big old house in Minneapolis. And the person before them had done a bunch of, had lived there 30 years plus and had done a bunch of DIY work. And they did their own electrical and it was the most screwed up electrical I've ever seen. And they had, you know, not only were they splicing wires up in cavities just just with wire nuts you know open exposed in these spaces but i mean they ran things and wired things in ways that they they tied into some of the old knob and tube they ran all these new circuits off of things it was so cut up and weird and then the and then these poor homeowners had an issue and they could not we could not despite having three electricians uh. come through they could not find the problem we had to tear cut big holes all over in the house to find where the issue was took forever it was very expensive so diy electrical work 
You better you better know what you're doing if you're doing electrical <laughs> or hire do someone else. Like yeah. get the electrician. Well, it, well worth it. Well, just the other day, Sam and I, you know, was, I was looking at. I had a little bit of sticker shock. I'm doing my basement. Oh, I yeah. used some of my, you know, my subcontractors to get my, you know, my plumbing and my electrical. And I'm looking at the bill and I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I could just spend a couple days down here and just do this. <laughs> so then, so Sam and I get together down in the basement and we're, we're trying to figure it out. And we're like, oh yeah, we'll just, you know, cut this out here and run this over here. And then, but wait a second how does this perk get hooked up? And then eventually we're looking at it and we're like, just spend the money because even though both of us are really handy and can do all of the fittings and we can glue stuff together and we can run wire and we can hook up an outlet. I'd of, make a great apprentice, right? But right. not a great master. Electrician exactly. Or plumber, you know? Yep. Yeah. So we were, that that we we spent two hours looking at it, and eventually it was just like, ah, just fork over the money, Mary. I think that I think the right decision was made in the end. Yeah, you know, that was good. We had lunch together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. How about one last question? All right, one. This more. one's for the professionals out there. One more, I love it. Um, from Kelly, how do project managers stay sane? In today's in construction. day and age, do they? I don't think they do. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You're not sane, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I wouldn't stay sane. And I, I mean, how do they stay sober is the question. I, you know, it's the whole thing. It's so chaotic out there still. Um, between between supply chain stuff still. Yeah. Um, you know, just homeowner expectations, which have always been tough to deal with. Uh, I don't know. Just just the general state of the I think, world. I think just being really organized is the is the key. Making sure that you have. Oh, you, you're good, going serious with it. A good, a good <laughs> I get it. You know, having a good having a good filing. I think a good sense of humor. (laughs) No, I think a good sense of humor is right. I think you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Being organized and being adaptable and being like as proactive and upfront and straightforward as you can be when you see something that's wrong, Mm -hmm. like, you know, calling it out before it's a huge issue, you know, not, not running away from the problems, I would say. Yeah. So and expect yeah setting those expectations and being able to roll with it yeah because you've got people coming from all sides from subcontractors to the city to inspectors to the clients to right I love that your dog I know the dogs are busting through this door here I love that they are very rude I love that that dog knows how to work a door handle too like lock doors around here I bet if that door pushed this way that dog would be in here yeah I love it. Um, yes. Yeah. Project managers, uh, you know, they're invaluable. You need to have them. And, um, if you're a homeowner and listening to this, uh, be nice to them. (laughs) (laughs) Most of them. I mean, it's a really, really tough job these days. So I don't know. That's sounds about right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, uh, we did it. We made it through an entire, like probably more than people wanted out of an episode. But, but there it is. Good info, I think. I think so too. I, I really do enjoy these shows. It's a little bit more. Um, we hardly charge for this. We don't. We're not charging enough, are we? No. Yeah. 
You guys should start paying for this information. Um, no, Send the, your Venmo information over. Yeah, yeah. yeah we should get a Patreon. Um, anyway, thank you uh, all 10,000 plus of you. This was another fun show. And uh, we'll, we'll sprinkle these in from time to time and we'll work out this whole going live thing so we can get more live questions. But pretty live coming in on yeah on our phones. yeah yeah you guys were i'm i'm glad that worked out that way yeah. it's it's always good so all right all right, all right. thanks everybody you guys thanks for listening <laughs> i feel like i feel like Gloria's supposed to tell him good luck i know <laughs> that's right thank you so much for listening to another amazing episode of the most important show out there before we go, we want to thank you again for supporting us and for all the lovely things you say about us on social media. Shows like this grow with help from people like you. And remember, keep sending us your questions. We really appreciate the stories and the great insights we gain from our audience. We also want to remind you that you can buy shirts, hats, and more at joecontractorshow.com. Be good to each other, and we'll catch you on the next show.